the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour, Pure Opelka. It is Friday. I am still trying to keep my... My pledge to you from earlier in the show when we opened up and I said, I'm going to try and stay happy today. I'm going to try and keep keep the train on the rails. Although it's not it's not looking good right now. Uh, When we left before the news, we were talking about the story of a University of Delaware professor who really has, I think, stepped over the line. And again, she's free to say this. But we're free to promote what a jack wagon she is. We're free to tell everybody that a University of Delaware anthropology professor, a 62-year-old woman, has called out Otto Warmbier. He's incapable of defending himself because he's dead. His family is grieving the loss of their son, And this University of Delaware professor, Catherine Detweiler, you can see it on her Facebook page under Kathy, with a K, Detweiler, D-E-T-T-W-Y-E-R, W-Y-L-E-R. She said Otto Warmbier got exactly what he deserved. And then she went on to rail against him and say he's just like all of those young, white, rich, clueless males who come into my classes. Really, that's that's what you think of the kids who essentially are. Uh, well, they're not really paying your salary because you're at a uh, at a state school, a University of Delaware. She does go on to say um, his parents ultimately are to blame for his growing up thinking he could get away with whatever he wanted. Yeah, some of that I agree with. She also adds, maybe in the U.S., where young, white, rich, clueless white males routinely get away with raping women. Really? Really? That's, that's what you think of young, white, rich, clueless white males? She puts white in there two times. You'd think that a professor, probably tenured, would be able to have pre-read and proofed her own writing. She talks about maybe in the U.S. where young, white, rich, clueless white males routinely get away with raping women. Not so much in North Korea. And of course, it's Otto's parents who will pay the price for the rest of their lives. They will. They are. She, she went after some of the people who responded to her. And uh, people who actually wrote back and said uh, that she is wrong to post a hate-filled comment on Otto Warmbier's death. One of the posters called the professor a hate-filled, twisted person who, who should not be teaching at all saying the hatred you spew at ordinary white college kids proves the point of the article. Please drop dead soon. Well, you know, I don't always agree with statements, but at least he like that, but at least he was polite. 
Uh, Detweiler actually responded saying, I'm not, in fact, full of hate. I love my hardworking, sincere, non-arrogant college students. Note that I said Otto's behavior is like the white, rich, clueless males. Meant of my students, meant, and she meant many. Again, with the typos. Many of my students don't fall into that demographic. If you knew some of these kids, you'd be appalled. They think nothing of raping drunk girls at frat parties and snorting cocaine, cheating on exams, and threatening professors with physical violence. I would not call them ordinary. Not at all. Okay, now here's where I get into a problem with Kathy Detweiler. Kathy Detweiler is saying that the students at University of Delaware, the white, rich, clueless males at the University of Delaware, she's saying that they think nothing of raping drunk girls at frat parties, snorting cocaine, cheating on exams, and threatening professors with physical violence. So is that going on, Kathy Detweiler? Is that going on? Why haven't you reported this to the campus police or the police in Newark, Delaware? Come on, seriously. Campus Reform published uh, much of what Kathy Detweiler has posted here and uh, also, also attempted to reach out to the professor for commentary. She did not re reply at the time of their publication. But I want to know if uh, Kathy Detweiler has witnessed or gotten reports of drunk girls being raped at frat parties at UD and cocaine being snorted and cheating happening on exams and the threatening of professors with physical violence. Why hasn't she reported this? She does have a page on one of those. You know, there are, there are places you can go online and rate college professors. It's called RateMyProfessors.com, oddly enough. And some of her uh, previous students on her page say that this is not unusual. She was listed and described as um, very opinionated by one student, another saying she's obnoxious, and even claimed, according to the reporting here, that, quote, hates America. So um, I, I would love that University of Delaware would look into this. And I will. Uh, we, we know people in the political science department. We've had guests from the poli science department on this program. No one from the anthropology department yet. And I wonder if she's off for the summer. But we will make an effort to uh, reach out and find out what's going on. But once again... Just a disgusting, disgusting display from someone that we apparently are trusting or, or entrusting to shape the minds of the young people coming through the system. And I realize the students are adults. I realize Otto Warmbier was an adult, 23 years old. He made a mistake. But according to this professor, he got exactly what he deserved. Really? John McCain called it murder. So many others have called it murder. So, Professor, I guess you believe stealing a poster or a petty, petty theft of a political poster is worthy of the death penalty. I really do wonder what the professor thinks about the death penalty in America. I wonder if she's had any discussion of that. I'll bet you she's against the death penalty.
I, I just think that's probably where she stands. And again, we will reach out and see if we can get a hold of the professor and see if she'll respond. But it's one of those stories I could not let pass. I could not let it slide away. Okay, try and get it back on the rails, Mike. Try and find your happy place. Try and find it. You know what we need to do? We need to discuss. Uh, if we're talking locally, I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to reach out to a guy that I know here. In, um, he works for NBC Radio News. Uh, he is a, a, a local guy who is a correspondent nationally for NBC Radio News. His name is Bill Zimfer. And Bill has been, uh, I think we had him on before. He covered the Cosby trial. And uh, we'll probably cover the second trial. And I reached out to Bill last night and said, are you going to have any time? Because I wanted to talk about this insane story about what Bill Cosby's planning on doing in the immediate future. His spokespeople were on, uh, on, on a radio show or a TV show, a morning TV show in Alabama. And they explained Bill Cosby's next Next plan of action, what he's going to do to get himself back out. Remember, his spokesman said Mr. Cosby got his power back and he's he's back. He's going to be back out, back out in the world again. Well, what Bill Cosby's planning on doing is a little bit crazy, in my humble opinion. And uh, we have to have some fun with that. And I also need to know about the jurors, because. Uh, looking at the, the news reports, uh, Shamant and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, the juror breakdown, first of all, was 10 white and two black. And I believe it was the two black jurors were the only two who reportedly were against convicting Mr. Cosby. But since that, since that discussion, we have also heard some different stories about what the jurors were thinking about doing. And I'm more disturbed and distressed about the fact that all of the information about these jurors is now public. And anybody who wants to talk to these jurors can make their life miserable or make their life, um, it, it could be miserable. Let's just put it that way. I don't think they're, they're going to be happy about their fame. But uh, I'll tell you what, we're, we'll jump out a little bit early and see if we can get hold of Bill Zimfer. And get Bill to talk about what the what the Cosby trial is doing and where it's and where he's going with this crazy story. It it almost it almost sounds like they're setting us up for some kind of parody. If I didn't know better, if I didn't know they were serious about their plans, I would think they were joking. That plus uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Emily Zanotti from Heat Street. Emily has uh, posted a couple stories this week. Uh, some have me scratching my head and just going, uh, no, this has to stop. And um, others have me shaking my head. Yes, I'm happy to see that's happening. We'll get to all of that just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Let me take care of some business while I wait on uh, Bill Sinfer to dial in. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat this until the whole world that has pain in its, in its knees and its back and its hips and its neck, until the whole world realizes there's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that can help you greatly. It's called Relief Factor. I use it. I use it every day. I take it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so simple for me to do. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's 20 bucks, 1995, actually. 1995 for a three-week quick start pack. Call them at Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. Or go to relieffactor.com. Just go there right now. And check it out, get the information. What it did for me in eight days, I stopped feeling the pain in my knees and in my back and in my hips. The inflammation went down, the pain went away. I don't take any over-the-counter painkillers. I don't take prescription painkillers. It's called Relief Factor. It's all natural. I'm back on the golf course. I'm back in the garden. I'm back walking the dog. Check it out for yourself. 800 500 8384 relief factor. I mentioned the Cosby thing, the latest with Bill Cosby and the craziness coming out of Bill Cosby's camp. And uh, my buddy who's um, covering the case, Bill Zimfer from uh, NBC News, uh, I think he's on the line. Bill's a guy who's uh, basically in the news biz and uh, he knows the update on this. Right, Bill? Hey, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I'm staying. I'm trying to stay out of the news myself. Well, that's a good idea. It's better, always better to report the news than to be in the news. I think that's <laughs> axiom number one. You got it. I, I got a couple of questions, Bill. I, I know you want to talk or you have some information about the Cosby jurors, but I have to tell you, my jaw dropped when I read what Bill Cosby's people are up to and they're saying he's about to embark upon. Yeah, they appeared on a, a morning TV show down in Alabama, uh, at least that's the, uh, the one I saw, uh, where his spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, uh, his spokespeople were there, announcing that Bill Cosby's going to uh, stage a series of town halls. The subject will be sexual assault, except the angle is a little bit different than you might imagine. The angle would be how to avoid being accused of sexual assault. Uh, kind of strange, uh, and, and I don't understand it. Uh, this is really getting weirder as we go along. How He's going to, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait just a minute here, Bill. Are you telling <laughs> me that I'm going to go out in front of people who are paying to see me and tell them how to avoid sexual assault? Is that what you want me to do? 
Hey, that's pretty good, Mike. That, that is not bad at all. Uh, yeah, and as you can imagine, there's going to be protesters at each of his appearances. I, I just can't even believe that there... I could understand if you're going to go out and talk about sexual assault and the issues and uh, victims of sexual assault yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But to go at it the other way and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, you got to watch out because certain things will be interpreted as a sexual assault. Uh, it's, it's really strange. And I wonder if if there will be a representative from the prosecution's office at every one of these to see if anything he's saying publicly could be used in the next trial. Oh, I think that anything that uh, he does is going to be videotaped for sure and uh, and could be used. Uh, absolutely. So uh, I imagine that, yeah, they, anything he says from here on out is going to be documented. This is absolutely wild. Now, the other story that initially I reached out because I was stunned seeing all the information about the jurors from the now mistrial that was coming out. And I thought when you were a juror, do you give up all anonymity if you if you are a part of a case? Well, uh, your names can be released. It's part of the public record. And, of course, Monday, right after the trial ended, uh, media outlets were in front of the judge requesting that the names be released. Um, There are certain cases where they do remain anonymous for the safety of the jury, like an organized crime trial or something Mm -hmm. like that. In that case, uh, the jurors' names can remain secret. But uh, in in an average trial, the names of the jurors are public record. And uh, Judge Stephen O'Neill pointed to a 2007 state supreme court ruling that said such and uh, he was uh, he said he was obliged to uh, to release the names of the jurors now having said that the trial was a situation of okay who do you believe uh, and now you were hearing from the jurors and it's a situation of who do you believe on on wednesday a juror came out and said they were 10 to t- 10 to, uh, 10 out of 12 voted to convict on two counts the other was 11 to 1 to acquit thursday we had another juror coming out saying it was about split down the middle um, seven to five to uh, to convict. Another one was seven to five to acquit. So uh, who do you believe here? I'm not sure. And then this was the best one, Mike. Um, yesterday we also had an alternate juror come out, wanted to remain anonymous, but his, he was on TV. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's he would unbelievable. Not, <laughs> He would not say he would not have his name released, but there he is on the screen. So he I was on Inside Edition. So uh, just uh, just an incredible sequence of events. Well, I, it's only going to drive up interest in the the next trial. I think everything from this Cosby yep. sex tour to uh, the uh, the the identity of the jurors and the difference of information out there. It, it will all be watching. I'm sure. I. I wonder, they won't televise this trial, will they? No, in Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to televise trials. Darn it. I, I, you know, we would watch that. We definitely would watch that. Well, mm-hmm. th- thank you, Bill Zimfer. We appreciate you. Bill Zimfer from NBC Radio News. Uh, I hope we talk again soon. Okay, Mike. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too, sir. Uh, I love discussing it because he's been in that courtroom. I, I love getting Bill's take on things. He he's uh, he's had a front row seat and I hope he gets a front row seat to the next one. Although I tend to think, depending on what happens at this tour, which, you know, is going to be plagued with protesters, uh, that there's going to be uh, there's going to be a scramble to get those seats next time. Uh, Stepping away for a minute. When we get back, Emily Zanotti from Heat Street is checking in. There's been a whole bunch of weirdness going on in the world this week. She covered some of it and I want to get her opinion on the rest of it next on Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a Friday, so we're trying to celebrate, but then I stumble into stories like the Johnny Depp story and the story of the University of Delaware professor. And, uh, oh, there's a host of others. So in order to help me crawl back in off the ledge, I am enlisting uh, a bright light, somebody who uh, is incapable of making me feel or making me remember all of the bad news that's out there. It's it's my friend from uh, heatstreet.com, heatst.com, heatst.com, but it's Heat Street. Emily Zanotti's with us. I, a long time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I feel like it's been forever. It has been. And, you know, it's it's just been this crazy sprint of weird stories for the past two weeks. And I'm like, yeah. I, I need to bring... I need to bring Zanotti in here to get me in off the ledge because, <laughs> frankly, uh, between all the stories, I haven't even gotten to the the Toronto University that's going to host a segregated commencement for the black students. It's just too much. Right. <laughs> it's it, craziness. It's so, there's so much right now. I feel like the last three weeks have felt like four years. I can't yeah. believe it's still June. <laughs> yeah, it does feel. And, you know, we just got to hang out. We just got to make it to the the end of the month and we get that little extra break because mm-hmm. the Independence Day is on a Tuesday. So we actually get a Monday and a Tuesday and then that bonus of the short week after. So we get a four day weekend and then a three day work week the next day. It's like it's like a double bonus. I'm happy for Pretty that. Nice. But uh, out of all the stories this week. In, in real news stories, not in the kooky news, because I know you've got 100 kooky mm-hmm. news stories. Yeah, we what do lots the, of kooky news stories. What was the one that caught your attention the most? What was the one that surprised you? Was it, was it the election on uh, Tuesday night? Was it the announcement of the no tapes? Or was it the, the uh, discussion draft of the bill? I feel like it was the discussion draft, because the other two... The other two I sort of knew were coming. I think we knew that Ossoff probably wasn't going to win and that we would wake up Wednesday morning and have a whole host of Democrats saying that, well, it's really a Pyrrhic victory for Ossoff because we spent $80 million, $40 million, and we still didn't get more than 10% of the vote that we got, uh, 10% more of the vote that we got in 2016. Um, And I thought Donald Trump was, kind of making up the tapes thing from the beginning. But this this health care bill has sort of revved up into this big issue, uh, both, both Democrats and Republicans. You just see people who are deeply, deeply unsatisfied with what's coming out of Congress and this draft legislation that's been disseminated everywhere. It's, it's designed for reconciliation. It's designed as a budget bill. And it really doesn't do a whole lot. It doesn't make the kind of changes that these guys campaigned on. So that shocked me. I thought they were going to come back with a much better health care bill. Yeah, especially when the Senate, when the House bill first dropped and was managed to get through, 
And then the Senate basically said, it's dead on arrival. We're going to write it ourselves and we're going to show you Mm -hmm. children how real lawmakers do their job. I thought, wow, we're going to actually get repeal and replace. And it's going to be great, just like the president promised. And it seems like, as you said, a pre-existing conditions clause stays in. Stay on your parents' policy till you're 26 stays in. There's it, mm-hmm. it is, as Rand Paul has said and Ted Cruz has said, in my eyes, it's Obamacare light. And that doesn't yeah. help anybody. And it's interesting because it feels like they pulled back on so many things because they were afraid that they would be accused of murdering thousands of Americans and being heartless, terrible people for taking away health care. But you're going to get that whether you repeal and replace or whether you just do this Obamacare light, the the response is going to be the same. So you may as well make good on the promise that you made to the voters that put you in office. It just it seems like this is what they ran on, and it's shocking to me that they insist on keep, on coming back over and over and over again with these budgetary bills that are so stripped down of of any conservative principles. They're designed to pass without floor votes. They're, they're just they're nothing. And and in the end, we're still going to be stuck with a giant bureaucracy and probably the same issue with, at least if, if I'm reading it this way, we're stuck with the same issue with the insurance companies and the premiums right. and the issues with coverage. So nothing really changes except now Schumer's going to call it Trump care and say it's failing and people are dying and we're giving a tax break. And now break it to becomes... Yeah. yeah, and now it becomes your responsibility. So we have insurers that are pulling out of the marketplace. Aetna just pulled out today. It was the last major insurance company in the marketplaces in most states. So people now have only a single option if you are not given employer-provided insurance. You have to go with these Obamacare plans. And I had one for a very long time, and it had a $14,000 per year premium and a $12,000 per year deductible. It was like having nothing at all. And that's not going to change. The insurance marketplaces are still going to be incredibly expensive. They're still going to be infeasible for these insurance companies to handle. So none of the problems that are associated with Obamacare are really going to change under this bill. The only thing that's going to change is now Republicans are responsible for a failing health care system rather than Barack Obama. What, what I don't understand, Emily, and we're talking to Emily Zanotti from Heat Street, Uh, What I don't understand is for six years or more, we were told that if we would just remove the state restrictions and allow insurance Mm -hmm. to be sold across state lines, all the costs would come down. And nobody on either side has ever responded to that. Why? Is it lobbyists for the insurance company keeping the money high? I don't really know. We have never, you know, and I talk to people in Washington about this. I ask people who are involved in the industry why this has never been brought up. And I get a varying answer. Some people will say it's lobbyists. Some people say the insurance companies just give too much money to reelection campaigns. So these people don't want to mess with the current insurance system. It would be too hard. Uh, A lot of people say that the insurance companies are sort of teetering on the brink of bankruptcy and having to take on this this responsibility of going across state lines would definitely send them into the gutter. 
there, there's excuse after excuse after excuse, but it seems like that's the solution that everybody wants, the free market-based solution to insurance sales, and yet it's never brought up in any of these legislative hearings. Yeah, that's what I, I absolutely don't get it. And in terms of the insurance companies teetering on, on, the, on the verge of bankruptcy, uh, Rand Paul seems to think it's it's quite the opposite. Rand Paul was saying that the insurance companies made X billions of dollars in profits, and based on this bill, it's going to more than triple. And so that if the GOP bill were to go through as currently, even though it's just a draft for discussion, if it was mm-hmm. passed as is, the insurance companies would get another $100 billion in revenue which would make their profits, which are already pretty strong, skyrocket. So I just don't understand why that issue... Hmm? Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say that both of these bills, the Obamacare bill and the Republican bill, do not address the issue of a, a bailout built directly into the Affordable Care Act. If this all goes to pot in the next several years and the insurance companies are, cannot sustain this health care policy... We will bail them out. It is predestined in the ACA. And so the insurance companies have this incentive to fail. And it's still in these Republican bills. It adopts all of that language that says, if this doesn't work, we will bail out the insurance industry. So it's, it's a terrible cycle of, well, we're going to give them profits. And if they don't make profits, we're going to give them government money. And if we give them government money. We're going to insist that they keep operating. So they've created this downward spiral of healthcare that now is probably unsolvable. Well, this I did not realize that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this parallels the problem we had with the home mortgages when the government told banks, you have to lend to people who aren't qualified mm-hmm. and because, because we want people owning homes. And even if you do so and it fails, we will bail you out. And that's what led to right. the mortgage meltdown, which led to a huge chunk of the of the collapse in 2008 and 2009. It's the same damn thing. Why are we? Rep- mm-hmm. I know I'm asking you. Why are we repeating this <laughs> a mistake this big? I'm sorry. I don't mean to yell at you. Emily. Because because uh, the opposite of progress of Congress? I, I don't, I, I guess I don't really know. We, we keep repeating these mistakes and you're exactly right. We've created this problem with uh, farm subsidies. We've created this problem with housing subsidies. We've created this problem across the board and insurance is kind of the last holdout. Uh, we have to create a problem for the insurance industry. We just cannot manage to leave it alone. It's it, the glory days of me having a thousand uh, dollar a month premium are are so long gone. I remember it as fondly and I'm a millennial. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's, it's frightening to me because I, I'm, I'm just around the corner from not being able to have a, a a company provided if it goes away, I'll be on a government provided and not keen on that idea. All right. I got to do one quick weird story uh, before I let you go. Uh, The (laughs) rainbow armpit hair, what the hell is happening? <laughs> this is a downfall of civilization, and I'm just cataloging it as a journalist. <laughs> I have done more stories on armpit hair. I, so we had 
a couple of weeks ago, we had a story about how armpit hair was sort of the new feminism. People were growing out their armpit hair like they did in the 60s. Um, but now, apparently, that's not enough. You actually have to dye your armpit hair once it's grown out in a rainbow pride flag because that's the only way to show you're a true social justice warrior, an intersectional feminist. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 back on the ledge, Emily. Thank you. I was I was in <laughs> off the ledge when we had a serious discussion about government and its problems, and now rainbow armpit hair has me back and on the ledge. Now it just makes you want to move to a farm in the middle of a desert and prepare for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I, I'm thinking New Zealand is the only answer at this point, but I I can't stand a plane flight that long. Otherwise, I'd be there. Well, I, we've missed you on the show. I hope you come back again soon. It's Emily Zanotti from Heat Street, heatst.com. Check her out, follow her stuff. She's smart and also silly, and we love that. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. If you're not sure when you should listen to the Blaze Radio, here are some ideas. While swimming with sharks. While darning socks. While hacking the mainframe. Pretty much any time is a good time to listen to the Blaze Radio. Check out our live shows. It's Chris Salcedo. Welcome to the show on the Blaze. Podcast. This is Pure Opelka, the early edition on the Blaze Radio Network. And on-demand programming. Welcome to the Lawrence Jones Show. I can't thank you enough for joining the program. All at theblaze.com slash radio. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-436-0142. That's 800-436-0142. Attention Zarelto and Pradaxa users. If you or a loved one has taken Zarelto or Pradaxa and suffered an injury or even died, you could be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Zorelto and Pradexa are prescribed blood thinners used to prevent blood clots and protect people from strokes. If you have taken Zorelto or Pradexa and been hospitalized for internal bleeding, call now. 800-630-6720. Serious bleeding has led to numerous cases of hospitalization and death. If you or a loved one was hospitalized for serious internal bleeding or a stroke after taking Zorelto or Pradexa, you could be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Don't be a silent victim. Time is limited to file your claim. Call now for free information and a free consultation. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. Again, 800-630-6720. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Bill O'Reilly on the Glenn Beck Program. Theresa May. What do you want to know about? I want to know what you think is going to happen with Brexit. Brexit is going to happen. Now, as far as Mrs. May she comes across to me as a rather uh, boring person. You know, hey, and you must sit down and shut up. <laughs> Listen to wow. Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he is cutting loose. He's got that one hair on the top, and yeah. he's letting it all the way down. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly on the Glenn Beck Program. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. 
Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-899-8443. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-899-8443. 800-899-8443. That's 800-899-8443. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, Call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-579-4967 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-579-4967. 800-579-4967. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. When this country exists for the purpose of helping people and you weren't even willing to take the help on the terms the country has provided that has done so much good in the world, it's beyond arrogance. It's the ultimate arrogance. That's not caring about other people. That's not even caring about your family. That's caring about yourself. This is The Morning Blaze. The Morning Blaze, weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on The Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I need some stupid news, okay? I need stupid news. I, we've been talking about the health care plan. We've been talking about the, the, way that, the way that Washington was this week, some of the divisive nature of the, the Democrats. You know, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi... You lost another election. There's a division in your party. There's a war from the the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren side. Twelve of your own people, Nancy, are meeting to talk about overthrowing the queen and coming up with the new speaker. Yeah, you'd think you would stop with the name calling and all the harsh rhetoric about this health care plan and say, why? you know what? One party would really win in 2018. One party would clean up in 2018 if that party's leadership would step up and say, look, let's throw the whole thing out and we're going to invite six Democrats to caucus with seven Republicans and we're going to write a new bill. And we're going to take the parts of Obamacare that work. Maybe I should say the part of Obamacare that works. 
and and weave it in with stuff that we know, free market stuff we know would work. That party would clean up. That party would kick ass and own the Congress, the House and the Senate for the next 20 years. But they're all too stupid. To, they're all too myopic to, to deal with it. I got a question. Not the vital question of the day. Have you ever eaten roadkill? Have you ever harvested roadkill? Raise your hand. I'm one, two, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So a few of you have. Oregon has just added roadkill to um, the list of legal things you can do in the state in terms of harvesting meat. They approved a law making it legal for animals killed in car, car crashes to be harvested for meat. Apparently, there was uh, some actual supportive testimony from roadkill aficionados who say that the protein quality of roadkill meat is better than what you can get at the grocery store because it doesn't have all those hormones in it. My only problem with roadkill is that how do you know how long it's been on the pavement? You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you kill a deer when you're hunting, you at least know when it went down. But that deer on the side of the road, I'm not so sure about that one. Stepping aside, we'll be back for the third hour. Got a special guest you want to meet at the bottom of the hour. Someone who's doing great things for our vets, plus some more craziness. We'll, we'll get to that next on Puro Pelka. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.